Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line, riding a horse through Central Park, slopping heads off with a bayonet, and all, well, that's Daniel Feingold. I was trying to think of one Whoa. other like little like in crazy action thing to like throw throw on there. Um, I actually think I actually just just described a scene from John Wick three, not John Wick four. That was extremely violent as it is. I think you did just fine. Uh, so Daniel, we're doing. Uh, you weren't on. It's it hasn't been that long since you were on here, but um, due to me being out of town, uh, we're recording this in advance. Uh, for the release of John Wick Chapter 4, which you and I got to see early, got to see about two weeks early, and um, you know what? It's pretty great. I think we both had a great time. Hell of a movie. Here's the thing. Every John Wick movie is the greatest John Wick movie. Series hasn't missed. All of them. Excellent all immensely rewatchable and this one it just it's astounding how how much each one keeps impressing me like how much i am in awe of every single one when i go to see them and it's like how how is it going to how is this one going to top the last one and they get longer and they get greater yeah i was admittedly a bit nervous going into this one even though i generally you know i'm with you i like this series this is a very fun enjoyable action movie series um you know i'm i'm before i even get to my first point i'm I'm curious what what was sort of your relationship to this series like how did you first sort of hear about it because i feel like it, at least in my personal experience i remember the first one coming out but i i can't even remember if i saw it in theaters it it honestly just became this sort of word of mouth thing of oh have you checked out this keanu reeves action movie from a couple of years ago john wick where like pe- people would always describe it to you as some some gangsters kill his dog and keanu reeves is this retired assassin that then goes totally berserk on all of these russian gangsters in new york city and it it would just always come up in conversations as, you know, it's kind of a sneak underrated movie. And then I feel like over the course of a few years, it built up this reputation. And then the second one is what I remember sort of being the really big event. The first really big event one of people, I think by that time had caught, caught up with the first one. And there was just real excitement of, oh my gosh, they're actually going to make a second one. That really cool Keanu Reeves action movie. Um, I was maybe a little bit nervous going into this one, if only because, you know, if we're going to rank all of these in whatever order we want, like the third one was maybe the point, even though a movie I still generally like, I think was maybe where I was starting to feel a little bit graded by the franchise, if only because my memory of the third one is that one having a lot of being a lot of world building. And I think it didn't quite have the tightness of the first or second movie um and as you as as, <laughs> as you kind of hinted at with the longer running times this thir- fourth one now is close to three hours and i think i had a little bit of a worry that it was going to be bloated 
And I have to say, I had a really great time. This this is about one of the more entertaining and electric action movies I've seen in the last couple of years. And really is a movie that I think as we'll kind of get into it, feels like it is sort of constructed around these three sort of gigantic set pieces. One in a, a hotel in Japan, one in a club in Germany, I believe. And then the last one, which is just sort of like darting all over Paris. Yeah, I think how you kind of teed it up is exactly my experience with it, where I definitely didn't see the first one in theaters because I don't remember that movie going experience. But I do remember it being like, oh, John Wick uh, or John Wick is Keanu Reeves as an assassin who is upset because people killed his dog. I mean, I, I, I never had a doubt. I mean, Keanu, Keanu Reeves getting mad that you p- killed his puppy. Like, yeah, uh, under, understandable. Um, and then I'm almost positive after seeing this one, I kind of relitigated just the, the franchise and the series and, I'm pretty sure I saw them out of order. Pretty sure I saw one, then three, then two, then four. Um, and I actually, after seeing four, I rewatched two because um, if we do talk about our rankings, I, I what you had told me, I went back and, and watched two um, because of that. Um, well, I'll just say it now. I'll go three, four, one, two. Uh, but like I said, like the, the difference between these like I could I could say all four of them are my favorite four like it doesn't it doesn't really matter like this ranking is very just it's it just disregard it like I I enjoy all of them um so yeah I remember the third one in the theater and that experience was like picking my jaw up off the floor whereas this one uh the fourth one was kind of like happy clapping just at how absurd and how amazing and inventive and creative and entertaining all of it was. So I think three really did it for me as far as like, wow, I did not really understand that you could just do this. And then four was more of that in different and maybe more creative ways, even um, just, just, just a delight. And Keanu Reeves, like hundred percent approval rating in life. And I'm just, I'm just happy for him. Yeah, it's interesting to think how that approval rating maybe wasn't always the case. And I think definitely the John Wick franchise has been kind of a comeback vehicle for him. I mean, obviously Keanu Reeves is in uh, movies starting in the 1980s, stuff like um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And then into the 90s starts working with interesting people like Francis Ford Coppola and Gus Van Sant and is in probably three of the best action movies of that decade in Point Break, Speed, and The Matrix. But I do feel like there was a period in kind of the mid to late aughts and into the early 2010s where the... I feel like a lot of people in kind of the popular culture sphere sort of misunderstood his acting style and screen presence that I feel like when I was kind of growing up as as a young moviegoer the the take on Keanu Reeves and maybe some of this was kind of leftover angst about how disappointed people were in the Matrix sequels um and he I mean he he does not his vibe does not work in every single movie but there is this sort of very 
chill, almost monk-like zen quality to Keanu Reeves that even even in public spheres, I think he has sort of leaned into in more recent years. Um, I'm thinking of the, what was that, Ali Wong uh, rom-com Always Be My Maybe, I think is what it was called, where it, there was the, the one really funny scene in there where Keanu Reeves was essentially playing himself and kind of poking fun of his kind of star persona at the moment. Um, but I... I think there's a way that people easily miscategorize that as that that sort of zen, chill, calm quality to him as being stilted or wooden. Um, and and that's just sort of I feel like what was kind of the vibe on the what was sort of the take on him for several years before this 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 franchise really blew up. I, I feel like he was kind of in a dip period. And now, as you said, you know, he, he is, I think, considered one of our great movie stars. I don't know if you remember the, the New York times put out a list of the 50 greatest actors of the 21st century a few years ago. And Keanu Reeves made the list and, and in the sort of blurb giving their explanation for, for why he made the list, Manola Dargis and A.O. Scott kind of pointed to the John Wick movies as um, an example of his gift as a, physical performer not just in sort of the athleticism that these movies take because they are um because of all the the complex action choreography that he has to do um but just the way he is able to sort of imbue a character through body language i mean in this movie i mean what does he have like less than 20 lines maybe he he barely says anything in this movie but i think is able to convey so much in this kind of like hangdog exhausted screen presence and and just sort of making you making this character of John Wick this fully realized creation um that I don't know that that would happen with another movie star the best um, line the best line of dialogue for John Wick is just him saying yeah and I think to your point like he says so much by saying so little and there's this very kind of emotive or physicality to his acting i've i feel like for a long time i grouped him and colin farrell together um in the early 2000s to mid 2000s of like these actors that were really charming and really had something about them but i wasn't sure i wasn't quite sure they were actually talented or like actually really good actors and I didn't love some of the choices they were making with who they were working with or the projects they were taking on. And obviously their careers have taken, have gone in very different directions, but I feel like both of them have really come into their own and found their stride. Colin, uh, Colin Farrell, of course, being nominated for Best Actor this year and Keanu Reeves finding this really enduring, popular action franchise that he's now just like one one and one associated with. And yeah, it's it's funny too because I feel like in my family, my siblings, Keanu Reeves has always been like an adored figure. So as much as yes, I think we all kind of pretend like America always loved Keanu Reeves, that wasn't true. I do think for for a large section of people 
they were like, yeah, join the club. Where have you, where have you guys been? You know, we've always been here. Um, and I, I, I personally, I, I was not like, I remember, um, what was, what was the, the, it's like a comic book movie that he did. Oh, um, Constantine. Yes. I remember I like that, that time in my life and that, that period of Keanu Reeves career is like very prevalent in my memory and just being like, man, I, that was like when I was like, I really, I really don't know. Kind of similarly to Colin Farrell being in the Daredevil movie and being like, what? Like, this is really bad. And I really wish these people who I think are talented, but I'm not sure, would maybe do better projects so I could actually like gauge it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, just like the last however many years of Keanu Reeves, maybe the last, I don't know, eight to ten years, he's, he's on, a, on quite a roll. It makes me think of two. I don't know if this is like so up your alley. There was like a, a famous Bill Simmons column from it was probably almost ten years ago at this point, but it was basically like an action movie championship belt, like you would have uh, in wrestling, and it basically started with like Steve McQueen in the late '60s and went up through the like early 2010s. I think the last person on on the list when uh, he published this piece was uh, Liam Neeson, maybe. Um, but it basically went through it was like who is the the biggest action movie star at the moment? Um, and you know, some years it would be. You know, Schwarzenegger has the belt, and then Sylvester Stallone has the belt, and then oh, Bruce Willis has it for a period of time. Um, I I feel like Keanu Reeves pretty safely has it at at the moment. I would ha- I think I think you have to do Tom Cruise. Oh, that's true. I I I I guess you could with the huge success of Top Gun last year, and then you know a new Mission Impossible movie on the way that I think everyone is eagerly anticipating. I I could see it being an easy sort of one and one and and as i mentioned with this this piece it would be like oh you know schwarzenegger has it one year and then sylvester stallone took it like those two are really kind of neck and neck with each other in the 1980s for who's the biggest action movie star and so yeah m- maybe in a post top gun maverick world uh tom cruise has the the belt for the moment and it's got a lot of juice going into um this new P- mission impossible movie but i Ke- keanu reeves is the other person that i think you know if if liam neeson is the person who kind of has that status in sort of the early 2010s i think in kind of late 2010s into now with maybe tom cruise giving him some competition i i think keanu reeves has firmly come back with this john wick series as as being maybe the biggest action movie star um at least in hollywood movies i mean we we could argue uh, about biggest action star in the world because there's obviously a lot of uh, great action cinema in um, India with stuff like RRR and over in Asia. But I, certainly in terms of Hollywood movies, it, it Keanu Reeves has kind of been on the top of the mountain for the last few years. Yeah, I, right now it feels like 1A, Tom Cruise, 1B, Keanu. Something else that I thought of just sort of getting more into the weeds of uh, talking about this new fourth that's, movie that um it, no is that it's kind of how this as simple as that franchise you know it, <laughs> something that's kind of humorous that i was thinking about watching it is the the sort of juxtaposition of how much pleasure we we get from this series with how like extraordinarily violent it is and maybe that's a bit of a stupid thing to say i mean like you know i i don't want to be the prude who talks about action movies that way it did sort of make me 
flashback to um, a bizarre moment in the pandemic where for some reason I was home and it was just my uncle and I in the house. And I, I have no idea why I I thought I should turn it on, but I turned on John Wick 2 and tried to say like, I wonder how much of this movie he will be able to sit through because he is like really allergic to any kind of um, violence in on screen and um, he made it about like 10 minutes up to a point where I, I just remember it's a moment where like John Wick whips a car and the car spins around and and it hits this guy and he goes flying across the garage and my uncle just sitting there being like this movie is kind of violent huh um, and I just kept thinking of you know me us all in in that theater watching this new one kind of cackling and cheering and 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 having a rousing time and uh you know and trying to think of how I would be able to sort of convey that pleasure to to someone like him that that maybe just sees this as like this extraordinarily violent movie of of carnage and and, and as I and as I said that's that sounds a little silly to talk about an action movie that way but I I think you know, in coming out of the movie, my first thought initially was I would love for somebody to put a double feature of this movie and either like one of the Step Up movies or even one of the Magic Mike movies in terms of just like like Magic Mike 2 in terms of just taking awe at what the body can do when it is in motion. Um, And I th- think I'm not the first person to bring this up, but so much of the best action movies is similar to great dancing or, or even great musicals. Um, you know, I think the way you construct an action set piece, um, in particular, like a fight scene as, as you see in this movie, um, is not too dissimilar to how the great musicals shoot their elaborate dance sequences. Um, in these sort of like letting you take in sort of the beauty of the choreography, um, and it really is like watching, I mean, th- this movie is in a way, I think akin to going to like the Fox theater here in town and watching like a premiere ballet show in a way of, it's just so amazing kind of just the level of artistry in how not just Keanu Reeves, but this entire stunt ensemble is is able to to move and orchestrate these these scenes of carnage and mayhem and violence on screen that just kind of take your breath away in the way that you know um, Chad Stahelski, who's you know a longtime stunt coordinator and has directed all of these movies, is is able to find with his team all of these wonderful little playful moments of physical comedy or character detail to sprinkle in there. And, and it really is, it, it, it also makes me think of there's that Walter Hill quote about how action is a character as defined by movement. I I believe is how the quote goes. And, and this new John Wick movie and really the whole John Wick series is kind of, I think a perfect example of that principle um, applied. You mentioned pro wrestling earlier. It's similar to watching pro wrestling. And I mean that in the best possible way in that there is a choreographed give and take among performers 
that is intended to entertain an audience. And when you experience a really great match, when you watch a really great match, you you see it unfolding as it as it goes and you appreciate all the different maneuvers and all of the different choreographing, some of it which is prepared ahead of time, some of it which is kind of on the fly. But I think similarly to an on-stage performance like that, yeah, it's it it's 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 a violent movie, but it's not necessarily the vi- it's not like the violence is what is it's not like the violence is the appeal. It's violent, but it's not like gruesome. It doesn't linger on like blood. It's not it's not there to gross you out. There's certainly a lot of blood and there's a lot of like headshots and all of that. But it's not about just like, oh, how gruesome. It's it's not like a Saw movie, you know? It's not Terrifier 2. You're not there to watch like how how much gross out body horror am I about to see? It's like how unique and how creative are they going to break down these action sequences? And again, just like the three before it, this one does not disappoint, even with the precedent set by the first three. And that is so impressive. There's a scene later in the movie. I don't know how much I want to get into the details, but I'll just, I'll I'll, I'll use one word to describe it. The stairs. That is unbelievable. And I've never... I've not seen every action movie ever made, but I've never seen anything like that. And it's so amazing and subversive a little bit. Like it's, that was, that was really one where I was just like, I think that's the part of the movie where I knew like this was, this was special that like the first, I would say like the first half of the movie, there is more kind of like, I don't want to say exposition because really it's it, there's it's not like there's a ton of like but there's more there's more yeah there's more world building there's world building and then the the second half is really where it kicks into high gear with the John Wick action that we know and love yeah and I would say even in those world building moments I mean you have people like Ian McShane and Lawrence Fishburne and um the late Lance Reddick um who you know sadly. It was very surreal, passed away like a day after we got to see this movie. Um, you know, but you have this like bench of great character actors who are there just to come and like chew the scenery when you need a big exposition scene. Um, but I do want to go back to I I agree with you. I think that staircase sequence in a movie filled with great sequences is the one where I that is the one I've just been thinking about. Um, these last couple of days uh, and is is emblematic of what I kind of mentioned of having this like great kind of Buster Keaton comical moments. But it, it really gets down to something about the simplicity of a great set piece. I think this is something we talked about all the time last year with kind of that final um, stretch of Top Gun Maverick and how simple and straightforward it is and easy to understand the stakes are um and i think that's something that this series handles really masterfully like this is a whole extended set piece that is essential or a whole extended fight sequence that is essentially keanu reeves has to get up a, a set of stairs in paris 
and a bunch of people are going to have to stop him from getting to the stop top of that stairwell. And the <laughs> and just the level of creativity that Chad Stahelski and his team find in just that that very simple clear kind of he needs to get from point A to point B narrative is incredible and you know it you see so many action movies where the geography of the scene is chaotic and impossible to follow um you see so many of these kind of big climactic battles in these like superhero blockbusters i mean i don't want to like <laughs> this movie's not doing well at the box office. I don't want to bully on um, the Shazam sequel too hard, but you know, in in the sense that like there, it feels like in so many kind of big climactic set pieces, there's this sense to like over convolute things with like, oh, we need to get the staff of Grubugladu, and you know, we need it to channel the spirit of Grufa, and and that'll give me the power to do this, and and then over here we have to have these people that gotta like turn on the the seismic generator, and that has to coordinate with me um, lighting up the 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 power rod, and and this is something as simple as like one person has to get from point A to point B, and there's a bunch of bad guys that are there to stop them and you clearly understand the stakes and but that leaves so much room to kind of color in the lines and and bring you something that is really unique and really feels fresh and exciting and exhilarating the stairs the way that you were describing it now makes me think of old boy and the hallway scene just kind of the, the task of like he needs to get to the elevator they are very different, but as far as like when you when you just break it down to the simplistic character has to go from one place to the other. And just as important to action sequences is the cinematography, how it's shot and how it's edited. So we know where exactly we are. We know what's happening. And there's another sequence in the movie. I'll just say it's shot over from overhead. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like a something out of a Brian De Palma movie. It's it's totally different from anything in this franchise, and it's just a really cool way of a really cool perspective of watching the action. And it while it kind of it is a little bit jarring at first because it's different, it also is never it's never confusing. There's never with all the stuff that's going on in all of the action set pieces in these in, in in any of these four movies. There's never a time where I'm like, wait, who's shooting who? Who's punching who? Like, where? Where? Who is that person? What's going on there? Like, you have a sense of what's going on. Like, I, it's the difference between I don't know, like Skyfall and uh, the Quantum of Solace, like the opening of Quantum of Solace, where I'm just like, I have no idea what's like, wh who, where, where are we? Like, it's it's so important. And it, it, another great example of that is I, for I forget which. Maybe it's one of the Taken movies, but it, there's this clip of um, a Liam Neeson action movie where he's that it, it like shows up on Twitter every now and then. It's essentially just him like trying to hop a fence. This is a very simple action, but it's cut with like 
23 different edits and it somehow makes the most simple thing totally disorienting and hard to follow and like really geographically confusing. And that makes such that makes such a big difference especially in a movie or movies that are so action dependent. Because we have to know we have to be able to see what's going on. So yeah, when when you do get and then going into like the superhero going back to like Shazam when you add in layers of okay, CGI and we're in space or we're in the quantum realm, we're, wherever it's, it makes it that much harder. And so it's, it's beautiful when we get something as simple as this character has to go up the stairs and they can come up with something as creative and fun and exciting as they do in John Wick 4. So really, I feel like to give some sort of summation of this movie, even, even though I think I would argue the, the plot isn't, it's both kind of convoluted and and complicated, but like it's sort of not really important, and you can kind of just sort of yada yada it. Um, but I I mean, it, essentially, it boils down to Wick is again on the run and is being hunted down by the table, which is like this like secret Illuminati group of assassins. There is the new villain played by Bill Skarsgård. Um, who I thought was really hilarious in this movie, doing this just like totally ridiculous cartoonish French accent, but has essentially been, uh, you know, given the order to uh, hunt down Wick at all costs. And so it, it is this sort of globe-trotting epic of Wick darting across all of these various different countries and cities, um, avoiding, like, hordes of assassins um, as he tries to sort of clear his name and get his revenge on uh, the, the high table. The Continental has been condemned. That, that, uh, that happens. And, and I think... Because there's so much world building and like expansion of the the high table and just the concept of like the the continental and kind of this underground world that John Wick lives in, um, none of it ultimately matters. So like I didn't, while the third one is like especially like complicated unnecessarily, like I just enjoyed the action. Um, And it's like the same thing, like, Adding Bill Skarsgård, like, fantastic. Love it. And we'd, of course, be remiss to not mention that Donnie Yen is kind of the the hired gun, if you will, um, reluctantly. Um, and the reaction in the theater that Donnie Yen gets when he is first shown, it was such like a, I don't know, I don't know if you, it was such like a, like an excitement. Um, almost like, like, auditory too like people were like short of like full-on applause like kind of like or like it's like oh yeah like i'd forgotten he was even in the movie well, and the, 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 ex- the level of excitement made me think for a second like was he was this character already in an earlier movie and they're bringing him back as like the fine kind of like the final boss or the, the final boss that is representative of bill skarsgård or, or going to help people and it was like oh no people are just like excited that donnie yen is showing up um and yeah just 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 great stuff like fourth movie in the series and you bring in donnie and bill skarsgård my personal favorite um and you may not recognize him because he's wearing kind of like the penguin uh colin farrell the penguin get up is scott adkins 
that guy is not like the character is not like that's not what the person actually looks like but it is it, the actor is scott atkins and just like i i want I, like a very like bond villain like not even the main bond villain but like secondary bond villain henchman dude who is so so entertaining and so funny and ridiculous um and I like that 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 was my that was my dude. Like that he was he was my favorite. Yeah, I thought that whole character was really, really funny. <laughs> um I'm gonna throw up a spoiler warning right now. Um, just because there is something that happens kind of later in this movie that we do need to talk about. Um, so I'm gonna hit the siren now. All right, if, if you're still around, I would assume you have seen John Wick Chapter 4 or you just flat out don't care if I say what happens at the end of this movie, but um, John Wick dies. Dies in this sort of final spaghetti western-like showdown um, between him and Donnie Yen, and at the very last minute, sort of uh, Bill Skarsgård's character decides he wants to sub in for Donnie Yen when it appears that John Wick is... Uh, brutally wounded and then surprise surprise John Wick has not uh, fired his weapon yet and kills Bill Skarsgård but is nonetheless mortally wounded and dies having uh, completed his goal achieved his freedom but um, yeah I guess we're not getting a John Wick chapter 5 Daniel what did you think of this kind of final ending that uh, I have to say I was not really expecting at all it was like oh, they did what Nolan, like, probably wanted to do with The Dark Knight Rises, except he actually killed, like, except in John Wick, they actually killed Batman. Like, there actually is kind of finality here. Um, so I, I was damn impressed. I certainly did not expect that. But uh, obviously they kind of teased it in the third one that, like, oh, he's dead, but wait, no, he's not actually. And I believe that wasn't even, like, a mid credit scene. Like, the ending is, like, him limping away after being shot off the building uh or push off the how, however it ends i think he's shot and then presumably falls to his death except he oh wait no he doesn't and they give him closure here i guess it it, it feels like now it didn't like i wasn't like emotionally like gut punched by it it just it felt right it just felt appropriate um it didn't feel um it didn't feel like they were trying to win us over at the end with like, oh, here, look, at, like, be sad about this. Like, fe feel more about this movie because of the stakes and because he dies at the end. Whereas, like... It sort of reminded me a little bit of the ending of the last James Bond movie and sort of tr trying to add this final grace note at the end of right, this exactly. action That's franchise and kind of send this character off in this very kind of poetic way even 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 if um you know i i would not say in in either case i was necessarily like oh my gosh like um, emotionally distraught um by the end of it and i think the last james bond movie people or at least people that i have talked to so very anecdotally just like like the movie i think more because of the ending than the actual you know like that cloud that kind of that gives that changes their perspective on like the quality of the movie. It's like, Oh, well, James Bond died. So like I cried, it's like, 
but the I, I didn't love the movie. Um, whereas this, like, this kind of felt like the logical conclusion to John Wick's story. Like he he is he is freed at the end. You get the you get the applause. You get him to sit with it for a moment and kind of let it sink in that like okay, I have completed my journey, and he has the kind of the vision of him and his wife and then he fades away um how 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 did you feel similarly like it was well deserved sure i mean i as i kind of said it wasn't this i didn't have this kind of big emotional reaction at the end of the movie but i i admire any you know franchise that's willing to kind of go out on top and um you know i i admired the willingness to sort of put put a feather on the cap and and sort of say like oh no this this is the end of the the story um and and not kind of drag this off uh, drag this out into this kind of like repetitive series that just keeps going and going and going it's not it's not the last time we'll see john wick because he will be in ballerina so we do have that he like he he is he is in uh the anadarmus spinoff um Oh, I totally forgot that was happening. Oh, yeah, that's happening. Basically, Anna Armis, instead of, like, MGM having her be the next Bond because she's the best thing of the last Bond movie, John Wick scooped her up, and they're doing the spinoff, and I believe it takes place in between either... I think between two and three. And so we will get Keanu Reeves. So it's like, he's dead, but it's not the end of us seeing him well daniel thank you for uh joining us again it's it's such a short span of time uh coming up in the next few weeks on the latest um we're going to be catching up with some of the smaller movies that have been coming out in the last few weeks uh as well as we're going to be discussing air the ben affleck matt damon movie that also stars viola davis about uh nike attempting to Woo, Michael Jordan, and uh, the making of the Air Jordan shoe. So, um, should should be interesting. Maybe, maybe I'll bring a sneaker expert on 